Good morning, mom friends, and welcome to another episode of the Four Moms Podcast, an audio platform where we empower and we encourage moms by talking about all things postpartum. We hear you, sis. We are here for you, and we understand. Today, we're talking about the imposter syndrome. And y'all, honestly, I have been waiting and waiting on God to give me something for this week, and he gave it to me yesterday. So I wrote up my, <laughs> I wrote up everything that I was going to talk about today, and I'm recording it in the parking lot of my job. <laughs> because I'm like, yo, you guys me yesterday, God, and I got the kids back, and it was too much. But I, I, I'm going to get it done because I'm really dedicated to this podcast. I'm dedicated to putting things out there and for moms to be able to relate and uh, get renewed as well. So I'm super excited about this episode. So let's not waste any time. Let's go ahead and get started. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? I definitely did, but I didn't know how to do it until I ran to a girl at a meet and greet and she told me about Anchor. Now, Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's free and it's ridiculously easy to use. And as a mom, we all know that things that are free are valuable. (laughs) And Anchor can now match you with other great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. Yes, so that means you can start making money whenever you start recording your podcast. It's ridiculously easy. It's great. It's fun. It's easy to distribute. So if you want to start your podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and other diverse podcasters here that already use Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Okay, so imposter syndrome. So today we're going to talk about what imposter syndrome is, the different types of imposter syndrome, and how you can get over it. First off, um, what does imposter syndrome feel like? Um, Because we have to address, we have to get down to the source if we are battling with imposter syndrome. And this is a topic I feel is postpartum-esque because I feel like a lot of times we try to be that mom or that person that has it all together. We try to be what we see on social media. We try to be what we think or maybe our our moms were, right? Maybe our moms were better at something than what we were. And so sometimes I believe, because I've definitely fallen into it, that we fall into that category because we're trying to impress or we're trying to keep up or we're trying to... um look just survive (laughs) so we feel like we have to do certain things so that's why I want to talk about this but what does it feel like imposter syndrome feels like self-doubt you have a lack of confidence you have a doubt of your inner thoughts abilities achievements and accomplishments and that is like an actual definition of imposter syndrome um, also going along with momhood, I feel as if imposter syndrome can start as a child, um, especially for girls, because nowadays with social media and ever changing trends, we feel like we, like I said, we, that you have to keep up. When I was younger, um, I actually went to private school from pre-K all the way up to sixth grade. And at that, I went to the same school. I knew all of the teachers. I knew the principal, um, I, I knew pretty much most of the kids because I had went there for those whole, what? 12, 10, 10, not 10. When did he start pre-K? Like three, three to 12. What's that? Nine. I don't know. <laughs> Nine years. So I had, I had been there this whole time. So I was kind of like a top dog, right? Like I said, I knew everybody. Um, we had to wear uniforms. It was someday I didn't wear uniforms. I didn't get written up. 
<laughs> but um, I was kind of like top dog. Like I was good. And then in seventh grade, my parents put me in um, a magnet program, but it was public school. Yeah, I know. Going <laughs> from a different school, going from private school to public school is a huge deal. Not only was it different as far as, um, you know, the different types of people I was interacting with, um, as far as being introduced to uh, more people of color, being introduced to not only just African-Americans, but, you know, Asians, everything. I just, at my school, it was just black and white. We had a couple of Hispanics and that was it. So, and I was the minority. So it was just different all around. It was different the way the teachers talked to you. They were still nice, but some of them were a little throwed. Um, <laughs> so it was just different, right? And that first, I'm sorry. Yeah, for the first time, I felt like I had to be someone. Like, I felt like at the private school, I was myself. And like I said, I was comfortable. I was cool. But I went, I got into this new place, new friends. I didn't know anybody. And I felt like I had to be someone that I wasn't. I felt like I had to be a version of what everyone wanted to see in me, of what everyone wanted to see. Right. So then you get the comments of like, why do you talk like that? Why, um, you know, you, you don't act black enough. Um, and, you know, you need to be more like this. You need to be more like that. And I wanted to fit in, right? So I would try to change the way I talked and the way that um, I was. But it just became very uncomfortable. And um, I even changed the way I acted towards my friends, friends that I had had even before I came to public school. And so that it was just very new for me, period. And I just didn't know how to handle it. And since I am a people pleaser, I am someone that I want everybody to get along. I want to be everybody's friend. <laughs> um that was definitely a time I and mean, going through that experience and not even time just like middle school and even at some of the beginning of high school. Like I just I had to learn that I'm going to have to be me and that's it. Um, and in doing that as well, because I was so upset with myself, I felt like I had to put up this wall now. Right. I felt like I had to now going out, I had to put on this like, oh, everything's fine. Like, I'm good. Like, hey, like not even just like cause I'm a happy person, but it was almost like a like a front. <laughs> it was almost like a, you can't you can't penetrate me. You can't get in here. And so, so to some people came off as like stuck up and. Um, you know, she's just, she thinks she's better than everybody. It's like, I didn't, but I just don't know what your intentions are. And I just didn't know how to let you into my space without being authentic. So it's, it's a lot that went into that, but it is imposter syndrome. And like I said, I, I got tired of fitting into whatever version other people wanted me to be, because regardless of what I did, it's not going to be enough, right? Regardless of how you try to fit in with other people, it's not going to be enough for them. It's not going to be um, to the standard or to the level that they want you to be. You're always going to be trying and pushing and molding and just reforming yourself for people that just want you to act a certain way. So it's not going to work unless you truly and authentically are yourself. So there are five types of imposter syndrome. Number one is the perfectionist, someone that just always wants to get it right. Um, the person that is just, I mean, it is what it is, a perfectionist. The second is the superwoman, 
the woman that dun, 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 comes in and saves the day. Number three is the natural genius. That's the person that always hears, you're so smart. Oh my gosh, you're the smartest person in the class. You do this so well, you do that so well. And they feel like they have to live up to this certain standard because they've been told most of their life that they can do this so well. And then they get into an environment where they don't do it well, where they're not top dog. And it throws them. And that's something that I, that's one of the ones that I've dealt with for imposter syndrome. You have the soloist who doesn't want to ask for help. <laughs> that's also me. I, I have a couple of these <laughs> that's embodying me. And maybe you do too. It's not just one, but it's several different layers we have to peel back. But the soloist is a person that doesn't want to ask for help. Oh, that's somebody's truck. We're going to keep on going. It's the person that, um, you know, wants to do it on their own. And of course, you know, it's, it's okay for you to do th- certain things on your own, but at some point you have to ask for help to get to, the ne- to that next level. And the fifth one is the expert. And this is definitely the one that I battle with because it's the person that should, that feels like they should know a lot about a certain something um, just because, because they're in that field, because they're in that industry, whatever they feel like they should know everything. So they want to get all the degrees, all the certifications, all those type of things. And that's something I have definitely battled with, especially in developing this business. Because whenever God told me this is what he wanted me to do, I felt like, oh, I need to go get like my counseling degree or a counseling certification, or I need to go get something, God. And I still believe that I do need it. I mean, I have to do my I do have to dig um, into research and do more research. However, God is constantly reminding me that he has given me everything that I need in order to help other people with their purpose. And um, I actually just so happened to go back through this journal. And it's a journal I had whenever I was working at my last job. And <laughs> and um, I was listening to... Devon Franklin's book, The Ten Commandments of Hollywood, on Audible, which is an awesome book, by the way. I would highly recommend y'all reading that. Um, but I forget where I was in there, but in in somewhere in listening to the book, um, God had told me then that my purpose was to give other people purpose. And I didn't understand that because I'm like, I feel like God's supposed to give you a purpose, right? Like you're supposed to seek out that. Um, and then when, as I am rebuilding and revamping mommy's making moves, he told me again that you are supposed to give mom's purpose. Like that was everything coming together. And so it just reaffirmed what God had told me. He told me this over, now it's about to be two years ago, because we're about to be in 2020. Yeah. It was like in January of 2018. So like almost two years ago, he told me this thing. And at that point, I thought it was something to do with my other business at the time, Chasing Fearless. But no, it had something to do with this business that he hadn't even entered, that he had tried to introduce to me, but that I had been ignoring. And so God had told me then that I had everything that I needed to start this business, but I just wasn't listening. God had told me then that... I was going to give purpose to people, specifically moms, um, and moving forward with certain things, you know? And so it was just great to read, to pick up and read that journal because it was like, man, like this is, this is so awesome. And then, you know, we always go back to scripture here. 
And one of the scriptures that really stood out to me was Psalms 139 and 14. And it says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And just to break that down real quick, you are uniquely you. God created you and no one else, right? He didn't make a W, even twins. You may physically look like another person, but there are still some um, differences within y'all, right? Um, not only just physically, but in inside as well. So you don't have to act alike. You don't have to be someone else because God put you on this earth for your purpose. And he put you on this earth to move forward in the way that you need to. But as I also went back and I, I read the NLT, the New um, Living Translation of the Bible. And as I also went back on the verse, the Psalms 139 and 14, if you actually read 13 through 18, it really breaks down finding yourself and being happy with who you are and breaking the imposter syndrome. So starting at verse 13, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and me- and knits me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. We could literally have like a six-week Bible study (laughs) over that passage of Scripture. But just to really summarize it all, God thought delicately intricate intricately about whenever he made humans he thought that way about us and he thinks about us all the times like it said whenever you go down to verse 18 i can't even count the times that you think of me they outnumber the grains of sand y'all know the grains are tiny 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 and even if you were just to pinch a piece of sand you have you know just a whole bunch of grain just right there in in your hands so think about you had a handful think about all the grain that's on this on the beach that's how often God thinks of you and it says before even in Genesis whenever he created man that we are his come his climax excuse me his climax creation so we are his creation that he was like oh my gosh he was just so in awe of us And then if you just think about the human body from a scientific standpoint of everything that happens in order for our body to function, in order for our legs to move, for our brain to think, for our heart to beat, the things that happen that we don't even think that are happening because our body, God has designed our body to just do it naturally. And I read this and I was just like, wow. And even in, I'm going back to 13, you made me the delicate, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Of course, as moms, we understand that process, right? We understand that there is time and development and there is a process that happens whenever a baby is being molded inside of you, right? 
there there is a whole process that you go through with that and whether you were that person like me that got sick all the time (laughs) I was nauseous in both pregnancies but you understand the sacrifice it makes to have a child to um to grow this child right you can't eat certain things you can't um you know consume certain things because it can harm what's inside of you and I think that's so great because If we treat ourselves the way we did whenever we had the baby inside of us, the importance, the delicacy, um, even just the support we gave ourselves whenever this baby was inside of us. If we keep continuing that throughout the entire life, throughout the entire rest of our lives and motherhood, I think we'll start to look at ourselves differently. Because sometimes whenever the baby comes out, we're like, whoa, I can drink again. Which, you know, it's cool. (laughs) I understand that. But at the same time, it's like, what if we treated ourselves with all the delicacy that we gave ourselves during pregnancy? And if we looked at ourselves the way that we looked at ourselves and how we were developing this child and what such a blessing it was. If we looked at ourselves as the vessel that holds blessings, as the vessel that that is able to create, that's able to deliver, that's able to bless other people with what's inside of us, I think we'll look at ourselves differently and I think we'll start to strip away that imposter syndrome. So, There are also many people in the Bible that didn't feel as if they were up for the challenge that God gave them. Moses was freeing the children of Israel. I was speaking to the Pharaoh and performing miracles. He had a stuttering problem. Speaking was not his best um, suit. And he was like, no. And I can actually relate to that because whenever I get really excited, I stutter. (laughs) And... So it's just amazing that sometimes I can be on this podcast and be talking so much and I don't stutter because I really enjoy doing this. But for Moses, that was a downfall. He was like, why God, why me? Why you want to send me? You know, I can, I can barely speak Lord. (laughs) Why you want to send me? Um, And Esther, I love the story of Esther and her becoming queen. Like imagine, imagine if you were Meghan Markle. Imagine if you were um, Kate, like you were just this average chick going to school, living your life, being an actress, whatever. And then this man just come and swoops you up and he's royalty. Your life completely alters. And although you may not have expected to walk into that role, God did. God said, like it says in the scripture, I had laid out all of your plans for you. I had your days and everything planned out even before you were born. I knew what I had for you. You just had to understand what I had for you. None of them believed they were right for the task. None of them thought they were ready to push forward. But in the end, all of them did. And not only did God keep and bless them and their families, but he kept his promise. I also want to go back to Mary, Jesus's mother. She did not believe or I mean, she came around to a little bit better than, you know, Joseph did. But (laughs) whenever it was first presented to her, I know she had some disbelief. I'm a virgin and I'm carrying this child. And you're telling me that not only am I just carrying a child, but I'm carrying the Messiah. Like he's going to walk this earth. He's going to do miracles. He's going to save the entire human race. And I'm carrying that. 
I know that was a lot on her plate. Okay? Okay? As moms, we can feel like we need to be in this happy place or make sure our kids are in name brand clothes or be the cool mom all the time, right? Like I said, sometimes we look at what our parents did, our moms did. We look at other people around us, maybe even our friends or people on social media. And we look at all these things. We feel like I have to do this. I have to have the latest gadget or the latest sippy cup. Like I have to keep up. But what you have to do is do what's best for your kid. It's just like, it's just like a workout plan, right? What I like, what I like to do and what works for my body is not going to be the same thing that works for you and your body, right? Um, I like boxing and kickboxing, and I've probably found other one other female, I'm not saying that it's not, you know, uncommon or anything, but I probably only found one other female that really likes it to the level that I do. Um, and I'm, I'm going to have to get back on it because y'all the schedule. Ooh, it's this whole schedule. I'm telling y'all, I had to do like a whole, four, I'm doing a whole four week challenge in my life together because the way this, this kangaroo pouch is fitting on me right now, it's not accommodating to my lifestyle. Okay. I'm just saying, I can't go buy a whole new wardrobe because this pouch decided to come back. Anywho, that's not the point of this whole, <laughs> of this whole, of this whole part. <laughs> but it's not all about, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm doing workout plans. So what may work for somebody is not going to work for you and vice versa. So there's no need for you to feel like you have to keep up or do what other people are doing because, you know, like, oh, here's a great, who's a great example. Thank you, God. A great example. Whenever you first have a kid, they tell you to buy different varieties of bottles, like just the single bottles, because you never know what your kid is going to like. Joseph loved Dr. Brown's. Gemma loved a brand called Komotomo. They're two, they're two completely different brands. And each kid is different, right? So you can't expect that what other somebody else is doing across the street is going to work for your house. It's not. It's just like your kids. There's just there's different disciplinary actions that you take for each kid. Each kid is different. Gemma is, a, I mean, they're both very sensitive, but Joseph is hard at him. <laughs> um, I don't mean to put it out in the atmosphere, but my son is, right? Um, but I know where he gets it from, so I can't even be mad. But there's different ways that I have to discipline him than I do Gemma. Gemma just thinks that the world is rainbows and fruit loops. And so I have to kind of be like, hey, like, come no, come here. Like, not everything's a game. Like, girl, <laughs> she just, she's a mess. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we have to know what's good for us and for our kids. What is what is what is good for us. Oh, let me see. I'm trying to think if I want to read into this section. I do. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm reading this note. Whenever I first found out that I was pregnant... Let me go to it. I'm so sorry. I should have had this pulled up. Um, no, it's not that. Workshop. Whenever I first found out I was pregnant, um, obviously you, you don't know what to believe. Um, but the biggest emotion that I felt was that I was dis- disappointing other people. Because I knew that other people thought so highly of me and felt like I'm going to go to this next level. That I felt like me having a kid and me just getting pregnant, period was devastating not only for me but for others um so the day I mean y'all heard the story before so the day that I announced to the world that I was an entrepreneur 
I will overcome obstacles. I will have the fight and the drive and the passion. Then God gives me something to say that he wants that he wants to be sure that I'm on. I stay on this path. Um, At first, I was baffled. But then it quickly turned to rejoicing because I knew that God sees me. He sees my passion, my drive and my spirit. And he said, I know you have all of this on your plate, but I want to give you this gift so that you will not quit. You will fight for the gift I have destined for you. You will fight for the courage I have placed in you. You will fight because I have implanted in you what is meant to be shared with the world. And then I'm telling y'all, it's so great to have a physical Bible. There's times where I just go and you just open up your Bible and it takes you to a certain verse and you're like, this was God sent. And so Ephesians chapter one, verse five, for it is according to the will of God. And this helps secure my mind that this pregnancy was all a part of God's plan and his will. And if you skip down to verse seven, it says we have been ransomed through his son's blood and we have forgiveness for our failures based on his overflowing grace. So, yes, of course, excuse me, whenever I got pregnant with Joseph, Jay and I weren't married. We, you know, we were not sticking to what is according to God, but God still saw me. And despite of the sinful act that we had done, there was a blessing in what came from that. And I just wanted to share that point. This is actually a note that I wrote um, the night that I found out I was pregnant. I'm reading from a note from that. And I, I always go back to this and I remind myself whenever I get really down, especially on entrepreneurship and all the things I feel like I'm juggling on my plate. I go back to this note and I tell myself, this is what you were supposed to be doing. Like, this is the life you're supposed to have. Although maybe you didn't think that it was supposed to go this way. God said, I wrote all this out for you. And this is what I have for you. So a call to action Here are some things for us to overcome imposter syndrome. First things first, understand God made only one you and not a duplicate of someone else. Um, As far as homework is concerned, really dive into who you want to be. And not only that, but understand that you are a work in progress. So if you are not happy with who you are now, that's okay. Because it's going to take progress for for you to get to that person. But understand that you have to change. You have to stop first. Examine yourself. And then start slowly changing yourself to who you want to be. So, I mean, going back, this whole first week at Liberty Mutual, I had this pouch. (laughs) This stomach pouch. And it was so annoying because at home, I was wearing yoga pants and sweatpants. And then I put on slacks. And I go sit down and I have to unbutton my slacks just to be comfortable. It was so, oh, my whole heart. I was like, really? Really? Like, y'all, I have to do so. I have to change. So after, so that was Monday. By the time Thursday rolled around, I was like, okay, <laughs> this isn't going to work. I had wore certain dresses in and I was like, nah, nah, this is not going to work for me. This is not going to work for my lifestyle. I can't be going out and just be buying different clothes just because, you know, I've gained weight. And maybe the weight is not y'all's issue, but something is. 
And that first thing that I did is I said, okay, I'm cutting out fried food. I'm cutting out sweets. I'm cutting out bread, right? Oh, oh, computer just fell. I'm cutting out bread. But it got me, but I had to get to the point to where I was tired of feeling a certain way about myself. Physically, I didn't feel like I looked, you know, that bad. <laughs> but it was just whenever, you know, I sit down with these pants on and, you know, things I couldn't breathe. So if this is the point that you are like, I need to change because I am uncomfortable with how I'm living. I feel like I'm trying to be somebody else. Let's get let's get down to the real you. Let's break it down. Let's get to know you. But first, in order for you to do that, you have to get to know yourself. So write down and dive into who you really want to be. And then let's make a plan to get to that next step. And last but not least, let's always give yourself internal validation. Speak what you're going to be before you do it. If you're going, if you want to be a supervisor, wake up every morning and say, I am a supervisor. If you want to be more fit, wake up and say, I'm going to be a fit mom. If you wake up and you say, hey, I want to do 10 minutes of story time with my kid every night. Wake up and say, I'm, I will read to my child every night for 10 minutes. I'm going to do that every day. Like start speaking these things, start speaking these validations into yourself. Start speaking the life and the promises that God has for you. Start speaking these goals, right? And that's something that sometimes I struggle with. I'm not even going to lie to y'all because I am... I always have something going on in my mind and I have, I have a little bit of ADD and I can be on one thing. I'll be sitting here literally praying and then I go into a whole other thought process and I'm thinking about cooking or doing something else. And it's like, Oh my bad. I should have been praying. And one thing that I had to learn is that if I pray out loud, I actually talk instead of having this prayer in my head, it goes over a whole lot better than if I'm actually speaking these things that I'm focusing on what I'm saying and what I'm thinking, what I'm putting out there because I have to speak. So y'all speaking things is going to be the best thing for us. Okay. Speak this into your life. You are not an imposter. You are not a fake. You are not a phony, but you are in progress to becoming the best person, the best mom that you can be. And that's it. That's all you can be. So um, we're actually getting close to time for me to go into work. I'm running a little bit behind. So (laughs) I have to go. But I hope that this really spoke to someone and it took them out of that shell and out of that invalidation that we always try to tell ourselves. You are not an imposter. You're not. But you're on the road to becoming the best person that you can be. And God has always thought of you and looked at you as his greatest creation. And we just have to walk in that light. So you guys have an amazing day and I will talk to you all later. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Four Moms podcast. I just want to say thank you to all of our family, our friends, and our supporters. I want to give a big thank you to my husband and my kiddos um, for just embracing me and supporting me on this crazy journey that I'm going on. 
Um, like I've said before, go ahead, subscribe, leave us a review so that we are able to reach more moms, more women, and so we can keep encouraging them to go after their dreams and we can expand our mommy community even more. Um, thank you again for listening and I cannot wait for y'all listen to the next episode.